listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game On DC, a podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esport fanatics, right here in the East Coast capital of esports. My name is John, and I am joined once again by the king of the courtside. Joey, what's up, buddy? John, life is grand. It's been a little rough for our pro teams here in Washington, D.C. as far as the esports scene goes lately, but there are a plentiful amount of events happening. Not only that, but I think our teams are about to have a great turn. Sounds great, Joey. That means we do have another great episode covering the gaming and esports scene right here in the DMV. No need to be crabby. Let's jump right into what's going on with Around the Gaming Beltway. John, we have a slew of events happening this weekend, kicking it off with Saturday, April 27th. The Type Nun Grand Prix will be taking place on Saturday, April 27th, starting at 1 p.m. at the End Zone in Chantilly, Virginia. The event is designed to be one of the largest Mario Kart tournaments in the country that also supports the effort to find a cure for type 1 diabetes. Tickets are $20 per person with each ticket purchase, including a $3 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. After registering, please consider supporting the JDRF further by raising money or self-donating. Details can be found on the Type Nun Grand Prix homepage. Friends and family of tournament participants can also attend to watch and cheer at no cost. Visit TypeNunGrandPrix.com to register to race for fun and help end Type 1. John, I love the idea of this event, and I am stoked to see how well it does for the JDRF. I love anything that has to do with Mario Kart, and I love it when Mario Kart can bring people together to raise money for such a terrible disease like diabetes to help try to find a cure for it. I think this is a perfect match of two amazing things, one being Mario Kart and two being the community coming together to 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 fight against diabetes. I think it's absolutely fantastic. You know, Mario Kart uh, holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts, but definitely in mine as it, it was like one of those first games I played as a kid and has always had that lingering effect on me ever since. So I love seeing Mario Kart tournaments start to take place. I, I like seeing that one of the largest ones in the country is going to happen right here in our own backyard. I want to see more Mario Kart. I want to see a pro Mario Kart scene. I want to see this absolutely boom and explode. I want it on like League of Legends level for Mario Kart. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I love Mario Kart that much. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I will definitely be tuning in and covering this uh, when it does go down this Saturday. I am super hyped for this event. John, you have very high aspirations for Mario Kart here. Comparing it to the League of Legends pro scene. Wow. I did not see that one coming. I, I mean, it is a fun game, though. And one of the cool things about Mario Kart compared to so many other games, like, say, that League of Legends or that Counter-Strike Global Offensive, so many of those games require so much prior knowledge and so much really skill-based knowledge to be able to play out the game correctly. Mario Kart, anyone can pick it up and play. Yeah, they might not be the best on the field at the time. They might not end up winning the race. But at the same point, a, a, they could get, what, the blue shell power-up and just take out the first-place guy. There are just so many abilities in Mario Kart that allow for fun play where really the difficulty level can shift because of the items available in the game. So this is one of those fun games that really anyone can participate in without having prior knowledge of the game. And I really like the fact they choose that type of game for this event. I love the fact you brought up the blue shell. Can we, can we pick, like, the aimbot of Mario Kart, anyone? Like, the blue shell, it takes out the player in first place. It, it dodges almost everyone else unless you're crazy enough to be driving in front of the path, but it automatically takes out the first place player. You know, that is an aimbot to the T. It's built in. It's right up there with Soldier 76 and Overwatch for his ultimate. 
aim, aim bots are not cool. Whether they're legal or illegal, don't do aimbots, kids. Just stick to those mushrooms, get those power-ups, get those cool green turtle shells, practice your aiming, see if you can maybe do a bank shot to, to knock out you know, Princess driving ahead of you or, or Bowser driving ahead of you or, or whoever is ahead of you. Practice doing that. You, know, you don't have to use a blue shell. A blue shell, you know, it, it, it's kind of a rookie item if you ask me. Hey, I feel like I struck a nerve there, struck a shell maybe even. You did. It seems like you've had a bad history with the blue shell, but you haven't seen my bananas in the game yet either. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm a master at the bananas. Don't even laugh at me. <laughs> I mean, you can drop those things behind. You can throw them in front. There's just so much flexibility with the banana. The little three bananas, uh, that's the best in my opinion. But that's not all happening on Saturday. The Shenandoah Esports Collegiate Invitational will be held at Shenandoah University's Health and Life Sciences Building from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, April 27th, and will include events in Rocket League, Overwatch, and League of Legends. Admission is free, and there will be prizes as well. Additionally, a number of vendors and food trucks will be present at the event as well. For more information regarding the event, please contact Dr. Joey Gwarsiak at J-G-A-W-R-Y-S-I at S-U dot E-D-U. Capital Underground is hosting a Mortal Kombat 11 tournament on Saturday, April 27th from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. at N3 in D.C. Participants must be 18 or older to compete and spectate or be accompanied by an adult. The tournament will be played on Xbox One consoles and will feature a best-of-three double elimination bracket. Spectators get in for free, while participants can pay $5 ahead of time or $10 at the door. Register for the event at CapitalUnderground.biz. John, I happen to know that you are a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Uh, not only am I a big fan of Mortal Kombat, I, I feel like you know we're moving from Mario Kart to Mortal Kombat. Not exactly a jump a lot of people would make here, but Mortal Kombat was one of those games, again, growing up, that was like in every arcade, whether it was like at a movie theater or a hotel or, or whatever. You know, Mortal Kombat was everywhere. They made an incredibly cheesy movie for Mortal Kombat. Uh, I believe they did one for Street Fighter 2 that was just as cheesy. Um, but Mortal Kombat is one of those games where, I don't know, it, it's just, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, when Mortal Kombat 10 or Mortal Kombat X, uh, for some people out there, uh, when that game came out, it went in a direction that really no other fighter game is really going. And that's... Like they hit a nerve uh, with a lot of people when it came to in-game gore and graphic content. A lot of people were like, wow, this is something I've never seen in a video game before. This is really graphic. This is really violent. This is really uh, just over the top. And I'm sitting here along with a lot of other people going like, this is absolutely amazing. Like you can literally rip someone's face off in Mortal Kombat X and you're going to be able to do it again in Mortal Kombat 11. It, it, they're they're keeping that that same formula that really put Mortal Kombat back on the the international stage, if you will, after it kind of fell off a little bit when in popularity. It, it's it's coming back in Mortal Kombat 11 again. That's the reason why you have this age limit on this event. You have to be 18 years or older. It is that graphic. It is a mature. I, if there was something above mature when it came to video games, it'd probably get that marking on it. But it's like rated R in movies. There's nothing higher than rated R. You know, so it's like I'm just sitting there just going like, this is awesome. Like if there is an event I wanted to go to in person uh, this weekend, I would have a hard time choosing between Mario Kart and Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, Mortal Kombat, again, it's one of those fighter games that I just absolutely love watching. I like the story behind it, the story and the lore behind it. There, there's just so much there. And as a fighting game, it's just incredible to watch. And the, those finishing moves and just, oh, I love it. 
it's still cartoony, but it still looks realistic to the point where it's like when you rip the guy's heart out of his chest, you're going to feel a little squeamish, which is really awesome, in my opinion, at least. And a little gross at the same point. Um, I it, Like you said, John, I think it rightly deserves the fact that Capital Underground is saying participants must be 18 years or older or accompanied by an adult to come. I think that's a really good move by them here. Um, overall, I really hope the tournament's successful as the game just came out. I think it's going to be really exciting to watch. On top of that, though, before we move on, I have to ask, who is your Mortal Kombat fighter? Joey, this one's way too easy. I've played them since like I was a kid. I love playing as Scorpion. I love how they've evolved his kit uh, throughout the years in Mortal Kombat 10. Uh, I just, I, he was, he's really the only person I play. I absolutely love playing him. A lot of people are like, oh, he's easy to counter. He's an easier champion or hero or whatever we want to call him, fighter in this game. I'm just so used to like everything being called hero or champion. Uh, he, he's one of those combat uh, combatants, if you will, that just, I don't know, like lore wise, he, he's absolutely fascinating. His kit as a fighter is a lot of fun. The fact that he has that get over here move where he throws out that uh, dagger on a rope and stabs you in the chest and drags you over to him and he can just absolutely combo you until your health bar is completely delete, uh, deleted. I absolutely love everything about Scorpion. Uh, you know, I love the whole Scorpion Sub-Zero lore content there. Also, Sub-Zero is, is probably a close second. Really, they're, they're OG characters that I just absolutely enjoy playing. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like Scorpion. You know, if, if I'm wrong, awesome, cool. At me on Twitter and, and, and tell me why I'm wrong. Change my mind, bro. But until then, you know, Scorpion main for life. Let's go. Wow, it's kind of ironic you went that route because I am a Sub-Zero player. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Sub-Zero since the original. I actually have the original on my Xbox right now as an arcade game. Um, he has one of the coolest finishers in the game. But on top of that, I love the blue theme. I love ice in general. So I really like the way Sub-Zero plays and the combos that he has. Um, but the one finisher that I used to always use, I'm, I'm at least thinking it's still in the game. He would freeze the whole body above his head and then snap them in half. It was absolutely disgusting, but it was such a cool finisher to finish on uh, at the same point. So yeah, Mortal Kombat, as far as finishing moves, I don't think it gets much better than Mortal Kombat. Moving on to our final event for this weekend, Sunday, April 28th. Esports Fair Play and DC United are teaming up again for their FIFA 19 tournament and watch party series, with the first kicking off on Sunday, April 28th at 1 p.m. at the Brighton. The event will be played on Xbox One consoles featuring a round-robin format and will be capped at 32 players. It is free to enter, but space is limited, so register now before it is too late. You can register at esportsfairplay.com. And as always, be sure to also check out our local gaming center's websites and social media accounts as they have regularly scheduled events throughout the week as well. These centers include but are not limited to These centers include but are not limited to the Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia, Soul PC Game Center in Annandale, Virginia, Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, VA, iBattle Esports PC Gaming in Centerville, Virginia, which just opened up this month. Xanadu Games at Laurel Park, Maryland, and the Game Gym in Potomac, Maryland. Joey, with that, let's jump over to the Capitol Coliseum and let's recap what's going on with the pro scene here in the DMV. Joey, our Overwatch League team, the Washington Justice. Uh, last episode that we were able to put out, we talked about how Ark was a new player joining the team. We have another new player joining the Washington Justice. Sleepy coming over from the San Francisco Shock. The San Francisco Shock kind of being almost like a sister team uh, to the DMV region here with NRG Esports having a contenders team here for season one. 
uh, being the feeder team for the San Francisco Shock, feels like there's a lot of com- uh, camaraderie there. Uh, so that's kind of cool seeing now Sleepy going from San Francisco, the San Francisco Shock over to Washington. Justice now, again, as a support player. Sleepy originally came to the San Francisco Shock on the 23rd of June uh, in 2017 after Dummy left NRG Esports, and he ended up staying and trying out for a flex support role in his position and won that position permanently going forward. Uh, He made the initial roster for Season 1 from the San Francisco Shock. In Season 1, the Shock didn't do too terribly well. Uh, They did finish in the first couple stages in pretty much the lower half of that table. In Stage 3, they did make a really nice comeback, and I believe they finished just outside of the teams that qualified for the Stage 3 playoffs. So the Shock... You know, stage one, a lot of people were feeling some things out. Now the Shock playing a little bit better in, in season two. Sleepy, a very solid player, uh, support player now coming over to the Justice. His signature heroes being Zenyatta and Ana. Joey, with the Justice adding another support player, we're starting to see some of these changes being made to this roster to try to increase the, the play level and just the overall chemistry on this team. What can we expect to see from Sleepy as he joins this team, bringing his signature heroes, Zenyatta and Ana, with him to the Justice? Uh, ironically enough, John, I expect Sleepy to wake up now that he's on the Washington Justice. I think this is a huge move for the team and for Sleepy himself. Sleepy had a pretty decent Season 1, but he hasn't really had a chance to prove himself as much in Season 2. This allows him a spot back on a roster. It allows him the ability to possibly get back on stage and play with the team. So I really like that move in particular because he's a very talented player. On top of that, another support player coming to the Washington Justice and joining the other recent acquisition of ARC um, from the New York Excelsior, I think is a big move toward the GOATS comp. We've heard it over and over and over. Players, spectators, everyone has been arguing for really blizzard to change the way the game is currently in the state of the game to get away from the three tanks and three support type of meta with goats but it hasn't really moved that way blizzard has stuck with this meta for a stage and a half now it really looks like they're going to continue it on through stage three as well so because we're not seeing those changes teams need to adapt the whole 222 thing is just not going to work and i think bringing in more high caliber support players that are available or at least are going to boost what we currently have on the justice is a smart move by the team and the organization behind the team so with more support players coming in you're going to have the ability for those support players to specialize a bit more in heroes to bring a bit more variety to the game and to the team compositions you can offer and having solid support players and the ability to pick between them is going to be very flexible when they go from match to match especially the way with the overwatch league and how the format works because there's certain matches where you can sub out between the rounds, this is going to be a really good way of keeping the opponents on their toes, really, in a sense, because they're going to have to continue to shift as you bring in these different support players, as these support players in tune themselves to the other players around them. So overall, I think this is the Washington Justice saying, hey, we need to continue to adapt to the GOATS meta, now bringing in two stronger support players, two that have really proven themselves to a degree, but then have fallen out a bit. This is a chance to reclaim themselves. This is a chance for the Justice to reclaim themselves in the standings as well as hopefully move up. So one other reason why I absolutely love this signing, we talk about it all the time, Joe. We talk about team chemistry and being able to play together as a team, talk about uh, being able to control your ultimates, have that good ultimate management and figure out the best time to to combo those ultimates to win a team fight, to secure a point, to push that payload, to do whatever objective you need to do on that map. So chemistry is huge. They signed Sleepy going into a bye week this week. 
That is an extra week's worth of practice he will be able to have with his new teammates on the Washington Justice to really figure out their new team, their new team plan going forward as a team and how they're going to play and what style they're going to play. Are they going to be aggressive? They're going to try out new situations, new team comps, try to figure out what works, what doesn't work. I love the fact that this move was made going into a bye week for the Washington Justice. Coming out of this bye week next week, I'm expecting um, probably a little bit more than I normally would if this happened in a, in a normal week. If this happened and the Justice had two matches this weekend, I wouldn't expect that much out of it. But because of the fact that there is a bye week here, there's time for that team chemistry to build. One week is a very long time to practice. I mean, if we're talking 8 to 12 to 14 hours of practice every day, that is a lot of time for him to get familiar with his new teammates. It is, and you're definitely not wrong in that sense. I think having that extra week is going to help. I don't think it's going to give us a justice win when they come back from the bye week, though, in my humble opinion. And the main reason being not because it's sleepy, but because the team in general. I feel like the Justice are still kind of developing their way into the GOATS composition. They haven't really been able to settle on it very comfortably yet. So with that being said, I think Sleepy's going to get them closer to where they need to be, but I think it is going to take a couple more weeks, maybe even into stage three, before we really see the team start to come together with this composition in mind, just because they've tried so many different things and they haven't really looked comfortable on the GOATS comp yet. So at least for now, I think it is going to take some time for them to develop. Joey, just one other thing to touch on before we move on from the Washington Justice. It was announced via Twitter uh, from Kate Mitchell. She will be stepping down from the team at the end of stage two this season. Uh, Kate Mitchell, one of the, the OGs of this team, she was there in the beginning, one of the first hires brought into this organization after Mr. Ian purchased the team uh, into the Overwatch League and, and really helped develop the team into what it is today, really helped create uh, this, this fan base here in, in the DMV area, uh, whether it was through social media posts or allowing players to travel from California to Washington, D.C. for meet and greets like we saw this season. Um, so she will be stepping down, uh, citing some personal reasons. So uh, from all of us here at Game On D.C., we wish Kate nothing but the best in the future, and we thank her for everything she's done uh, for the organization from start to finish here at the end of Stage 2. Like John said, Kate has done a great job here with the team. Unfortunately, she is leaving with the team not having the greatest record, but that does not go back on Kate. She's done a very good job connecting to fans. All the Justice fans seem to love her. Uh, with that, though, because of the standing, she probably has gotten some hate in there, and that definitely brings upon mental stress. I think this is a good decision health-wise for her to step down. And honestly, I think we have to look at her as a role model in that sense. Because she's willing to take the step back when she knows she needs to for the mental health reasons, I think that is a huge thing to look at as a fan. The fact that one of your idols out here, one one person who's really connected with the community, is willing to take the step back for what she needs to do. And I really respect Kate for that decision. I am going to miss her here in Washington, D.C. At, at the same time, like John said, we all hope her the best here from Game on D.C. Transitioning from our Overwatch League team, the Washington Justice, to our NBA 2K League team, Wizards District Gaming. Joey, after two weeks in season two, uh, unfortunately, the team not performing uh, at, at levels that a lot of us uh, expected. Again, there's a lot of new players on this team. There's a lot of chemistry that needs to be built. There's a lot of teamwork that needs to come together. So I, I am giving it a little bit of time here. Wizards uh, DG, Wiz DG, pardon me, 0-3 after two weeks. Uh, the loss is not coming to absolute blowouts. Uh, I believe a lot of their, uh, all three of their losses have come under 10 points. So, so it's not like they're being blown out. Uh, they are just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's it's turnovers or or bad shots or or, or whatever the players are doing, um, it it's small changes. Small changes can easily fix those issues. 
and can make close games into wins. Uh, that's what really defines a lot of teams in these sports-based eSport leagues. There's a lot still being developed with this team. There's still a lot of hype around this team, a lot of really talented players. Um, they do have a bye week going into week three as well, so, so all of our pro teams pretty much have a bye week this week. Um, so that will give them more time to practice and try to strategize for their upcoming opponents in week four. Uh, so so don't hang your heads on WizDG yet. Uh, still a lot of talent there. Things are still coming together. Uh, WizDG had s somewhat of a similar slow start last year as well, but they did end up picking things up towards the middle of the season and all of those mid-season tournaments that they'll be competing in as well. And they ended up qualifying for the playoffs at the end of the season. It, it was it was a tight race all the way to the end. We're expecting pretty much the same thing here uh, in Season 2 as well for WizDG. But so far, after two weeks, the 0-3 start, not exactly what a lot of us were hoping for, but still there's a lot of potential to come with this team. Right, John, and I think you hit on most of it here. So in general, I think it's going to take a few more weeks for the team to come together. We're only a couple weeks in. It's only been two weeks. They've only had three games. We're very far from the finish line here. So I think there's still going to be plenty of time. With that being said, a lot of people are looking at the team like, hey, you returned Demon JT, you returned Reese to God, you returned Gilly. Why are you guys not performing and why is it taking so long to perform? I think one of the things to hit on here is the fact that Boo is no longer there. Boo Painter was an integral part of this team last season. So even though you returned Reese Dagon and Gilly, the whole team dynamic is so different than it was last season because last season they played a very much let's feed Boo in the paint type of style. That's not there anymore. They have different players around them. So really, Gilly is still finding his spot. Reese Dagon is still finding his spot. And they're adapting to the new players there in Dayfry and Userpick and Paul B. So once all that comes together, once... Patrick Crosin, the great coach over there at WizDG, works his magic. I think Pat is going to bring this team together. I think by, I'm going to give them like week five. Week four, I think we'll get a win. Week five, I think we really start seeing this team heat up. The potential is there, but again, they're still meshing. It's still early on. And even returning players, yes, they know the system. Yes, they know the area, but they don't know their teammates. So they're still trying to figure that out, still trying to find their rhythm. I think they will get it going. I think by midseason, this team starts getting really hot. And I think WizDG will once again make the playoffs. All right, Joey, let's pivot to some uh, some news from the DMV area that maybe isn't as great to talk about. Uh, over the weekend, the Pound 2019 tournament, uh, which is a uh, Smash Melee and Smash Ultimate tournament, uh, took place in Laurel, Maryland. So uh, it is DMV relevant. Uh, during the finals uh, in the smash uh, melee between Team Liquid's Hungry Box and Cloud9's Mango, uh, pardon me, at the end of it, after Hungry Box sealed his win, some, mm, how am I going to put this slightly? Uh, buffoon chucked a crab at Hungry Box on stage. You know, you know, Joey. We we've been covering esports for a while. We we've been involved in the scene for for quite a while here, and we've been covering the scene here in the DMV area uh, for for a little bit now. Have you ever heard of anything like this, where someone in in the crowd chucked really anything, not just a dead crab, but anything at players on the stage? To me, it's just it's absurd. And dumbfounding that, that like like this still like I don't even want to say still because I can't even recall uh, another time when anything like this happened that that this actually happened. No, I mean John, this is absolutely absurd. I mean throwing anything at anyone is just the wrong thing to do unless you're what in a snowball fight or you're on the football field passing the ball. Like come on, people, you're competing up on stage or those players competing up on stage. You're a fan of the game he's playing. I don't care if you like the team. I don't care if you like the player. 
in anything, it's just not a good show of sportsmanship to throw anything at anyone who's competing in something like this. And to throw a crab, I mean, in general, there's so much that could go wrong with this, Sean. Like, I mean, what if something like the crab ended up hitting his eye or hitting one of his playing fingers, Sean? I mean, this could have drastically changed his career in a sense. It could have drastically changed his life. So just doing something stupid like this, regardless, yes, you didn't hit him, but it's just plain up rude. It's just something not to do. Whether you're he's your idol or not, whether you like the smash scene or not, if you're attending an event like this, you should be respectful of the people playing in the event, whether you like C9 Mango or whether you like TL Hungrybox here. I don't care what you're doing, but don't be throwing crabs. Hungrybox apologized for his response on stage when he picks the crab up and starts yelling at the fans. First off, number one, Hungrybox, no need to apologize. You had every right to go off on that entire crowd. If you ever find yourself in a crowd and some moron does something stupid like that, point them out to, to, to officials. Point them out to, to whoever is, is TOing the, the event, who's ever in charge of the venue. Get that person permabanned from any esport event, period, anywhere in this area, anywhere in this world, you can, it, it's so incredibly stupid. I, I was going through Twitter trying to find you know more information on this, going through Reddit, and a lot of people are trying to justify the reason why this moron did it was because, oh, well, they don't like Hungrybox's play style because he slows the game down and he plays a game where he, he stands close to the ledge and they just don't like his play style or the characters he's playing. That is the dumbest reason ever. If you don't look, if you don't like the fact that Hungrybox is playing a certain character or playing a certain play style, here's an idea. Go pro yourself and then show him why his play style is bad. Show him why his character selection is bad. That's the way you do it. You don't do it by tossing a crab at the guy on stage. It's absolutely stupid. But Joey, if I'm allowed to make fun of this incident, whatever way we possibly can, how Maryland-esque is this that someone in Maryland threw a crab at someone? I mean, like when you think of Maryland, you think of crabs, you think of crab cakes, you think of seafood. It's something Maryland is known for. Uh, and I did see one funny tweet about this on Twitter. So so I'm gonna, I want to end this on, a, on kind of a funny note. Someone said that, you know, yes, no one got hurt, everyone was unharmed, but why in the world would you throw a crab and not throw a bottle of Old Bay seasoning with it? <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm like, it's absolutely perfect. Like, that, that is the perfect response uh, to an incredibly stupid event, uh, event that, or, or incident, I should say, that happened at this event. Happy no one's hurt, we're hungry, we're, we're hungry, we're happy hungry box is okay. And if, if you know who this moron is that did this, uh, out the guy. He, he deserves to be outed, or, or whoever it is deserves to be outed and permabanned from every event. It is quite possibly the dumbest thing I've ever seen happen in, in any kind of venue, whether uh, it's esports, it's traditional sports, even concerts, it, you know, anything where a large group of people gather together, this is quite possibly one of the dumbest things. I've ever had to research and read up on and 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 have to report on it. It's absolutely stupid. Absolutely dumb, John. And people just need to learn to keep the crabs to themselves. That will do it for this episode of Game on DC. If you enjoy listening to Game on DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all the gaming and esports news right here on the DMV. 
Joey, where can our listeners go to follow Game on DC? Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using at Game on DC to find us. You can also use the hashtag, hashtag GoDC. All right. Until next time, I'm John. And I'm Joey. Game, Game on, on DC. DC.